Art to me has become more than trying to create that illusion now. More than just putting paint on canvas to recreate an image. It's about using my brush to express my thoughts, ideas, and observations. My dreams and my philosophy. Hi, this is Zimbri and you're listening to MASH Podcast. I was born and raised in Bhutan, where I started my education. I then moved to an international boarding school in South India. I did a study abroad in Germany, finished my last two years of high school in Thailand, and finally graduated college from the US with a double major in studio art and economics. Having been educated in all these different countries, I found that other than a few customs, people were people. I think this is where the inspiration for my work comes from, human nature. It fascinated me that despite having experiences in all these different countries, with their different cultures and histories, the core nature of these different people were essentially the same. Creating art that transcends culture, race, and language is something that I strive to achieve through my art, to illustrate the beauty of the shared human experience. So growing up, I wasn't much of an artist. In fact, it wasn't until halfway through college that I was any good at it. Painting, sculpting, drawing, creating was something that I grew to love. My initial love for art was its ability to take something from the three-dimensional world, something tangible, and recreate that on a flat surface. To me, it was like magic, creating an illusion. It was only after I had developed my skills technically to my satisfaction that I began to delve into placing meaning in my work. It is something that I find vital in what I now do. Art to me has become more than trying to create that illusion now. More than just putting paint on canvas to recreate an image. It's about using my brush to express my thoughts, ideas and observations. My dreams and my philosophy. The core of that being people. Why we do what we do and how we interact as a society. It wasn't really a conscious decision to practice art. Uh, Despite growing up in a very creative family, I never considered art as a possible career for myself. I knew I enjoyed it, and I guess I inadvertently kept making these small decisions that led me closer and closer to this career path. I think it started with deciding to take my first art class in college. It was Drawing 101. And because I enjoyed it so much, I decided to continue taking art classes and finally deciding to take it up as a major as well. Economics was my other major. It was what I had originally wanted to do. Graduate with an econ major, come back home to Bataan, help my dad, and eventually take over the family business. So initially, I was doing an econ major and was also a studio art major. But somewhere along the last two years of college, it switched. I was an art major, was also getting an undergraduate in econ. A lot of people have asked me why I chose these two very different majors. Well, you know how it started. But my decision for not dropping my econ major was that on one hand, it was a solid and practical safety net to fall back on. But it was also because I wanted to prove to myself and people, that I chose art. I think people assume that if you decide to major in any of the arts, it's a crop out. You don't have what it takes, 
So you do art because people assume it's easy and not much work. I learned that wasn't true. My art major required as much time, effort, and brain work as my econ major, if not more. After college, I came home to Bataan and set up a small studio, which was basically a room in our old house. I took part in a few group exhibitions, but wasn't really doing much. I was a little lost. It was only when my parents encouraged me to have a solo exhibition that I had a goal to work towards. So two years after graduation, I was finally ready for my first solo show. I was fortunate enough to have it at the Royal Textile Academy, and we got permission to convert one of their halls into a gallery space. So my mom, my aunt Tanya, and my dear friend and designer, Mahesh, transformed the hall into a chic gallery space, with the help of Mahesh's technical team, of course. So opening night, all the paintings were up, and the hall filled with friends, family, and strangers. And as strange as it may sound, after two years of being an artist, I think it was during this exhibition that I truly believed art was what I was going to do. Having complete strangers, friends, and family walk into my exhibition, see my work, and get a glimpse into my thoughts and emotions was something that was so terrifying, but exciting and beautiful to me. That someone could have a connection or a conversation with something that I created without ever having met me. That something I created could travel, meet, and connect with people and places that I would have never met or been to. That was when I knew I wanted to be an artist. And I am truly grateful to the strangers who have become friends, friends who have become family, and my family who have supported and encouraged me and helped me reach this point in my career. My practice today is very similar to how it was when it started. It takes me the most amount of time to create the narrative, the characters, and how to tell the story without spelling it out. The composition and physical creation of the piece falls into place after I've sorted that out. So I basically end up spending a majority of my time staring at a often metaphorical blank canvas, trying to figure out what it is I want to say and what vehicle I want to use saying it. During this time, I'm either inspired by an idea that I want to try and illustrate, or I end up getting fixated with an image that represents something specific to me. First, it was the Mahayana masks, which is when our deities shed their beauty to take on the wrathful tree-eyed form to protect us. Next was the traditional Bhutanese icons, casting traditional Bhutanese icons as characters to my narratives and currently tigers, with their fiercely independent nature that I loved. After establishing the idea or image comes the ever-daunting task of trying to figure out how to illustrate what I want to say without spelling it out, to leave room for interpretation for the viewer, to maybe connect to the piece with their own ideas and experiences. To me, that was one of the best parts of the painting, to see the reaction and responses people have to the piece. To begin a story and have the viewer finish it with their own experience, emotions, and thoughts. I'm currently continuing with my current obsession, my tigers. The first wave of paintings were exhibited at the 2019 Delhi Contemporary Art Week with Nature Mort at the Habitat Center. The inspiration for these beasts was initially sparked by my culture. You see, in Bhutan, we consider tigers to be a symbol of power, 
good luck, and prosperity. You can see them painted on the sides of houses, in temples, and even on furniture. They are beautiful and majestic creatures. But the reason the inspiration turned to obsession was due to their nature, their confidence, independence, and love of self. Growing up in a culture that values selflessness and sharing, it was a powerful moment in my life when I realized that it is just as important to love yourself. And, these, and that's what these tigers represent to me. Each painting tells a story, but the underlying symbolism they have in my work is a reminder to love yourself. The materials I use are satin, traditional Bhutanese earth paint, on reishi, a traditional Bhutanese canvas. My use of these materials started off from a very practical place. We don't really have art stores in Bhutan, and I was always lugging paint and brushes and ordering canvases from whenever I was outside the country. So I decided to see if I could source my materials locally. And that's when my mother recommended I try satin. I sourced the paint from a traditional painter, Tseko, and he was quite surprised that I wanted to work with the paint, as I learned that many traditional Bhutanese artists no longer use satin, or would mix it with acrylic paints to try and curb its difficult nature. Something that I initially struggled with as well. And it was only after my gallerist and dear friend Peter suggested that I work with the paint instead of trying to make it do what I wanted, that I truly began to love working with it. It also brought to light that all traditional artists in Bhutan didn't, and many still don't, sign their work. In a world where the signature now plays more of a role in the value of a piece of art than the work itself, having a history of our greatest artists be anonymous is somewhat of a tragedy. So when I paint with Sutton, it is not only because I love the earthy tones and its temperamental nature, it is to try and pay tribute to the artists before me, to the culture that raised me, and with the hope that it will help to keep this tradition alive. I am currently working on my tigers for a show in London later this year, although I'm not sure how things will unfold due to this pandemic. I hope that my art will outlive me, that it will move people beyond the sphere of my life, to have it speak to people, to have an impact that ripples through time and space, like Monet's water lilies. It doesn't matter that I'm a girl from Bhutan, from a different time, with a different background. When I look at his paintings, none of it matters, because he speaks a language that moves beyond time and space. I hope for that and more for my work. Hi, this is Zimbri, and you're listening to MASH Podcast. <laughs>